What is good, everybody? Welcome to another joint gold standard Grant Cohn production. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. He's Grant Cohn. What's up, Grant? Not much, Rob. How you doing? I'm really excited to be doing this with you. I like the simulcast experience. We feel like we're groundbreaking here. That's right. Look, this is what we do here. We're trailblazers. Uh, so make sure you like and subscribe to the Gold Standard Network YouTube channel. Like and subscribe to Grant Cohn's YouTube channel. And uh, we're going to get into it today because you just got back from the league meetings in Arizona. You were there. You talked to Jed. You talked to Kyle. You talked to John. And some things were said. And the vein in my forehead is going to just <laughs> burst here. Because the more the 49ers talk about their quarterbacks, the dumber they seem. Is that fair? <laughs> yeah, and they, they said it with like such a proud expression. And everyone gave them a round of applause. I felt like I was in the twilight zone. I was like, hold on, hold on. They just told you that the plan they were pretending they were sticking to the last two years is done. And they are starting over at the quarterback position. Everything rests on Brock Purdy's elbow at this point. Like, that's amazing to me. And everyone was like, the Niners are so courageous. They don't care where a player was drafted. They will play the best guy. It's like, yeah, man, they definitely handled this perfectly. This One day we're going to study this, how to do it the way the Niners did. All I want is two things. I want my team to be honest with me, and I want my team to at least explain why they're doing the things that they're doing. It, I might disagree with it, but I got to see the plan. I just need to know the thinking. And then I'll, I'll, I can deal. And I don't know what the 49ers are thinking because they're all over the map. And anytime you try to hold them up to any sort of accountability or scrutiny, their whole explanation falls apart. Oh, yeah. And it's funny, like after the season, they had that press conference where John and Kyle were sitting next to each other. And I asked the question that they answered yesterday. I asked it two months ago. I said, who's the starting quarterback when they're both healthy week one? And Kyle said, first, I haven't even thought about that is what he said. And second, we have two starting quarterbacks. So what I took that was he wasn't ready to bury Trey Lance yet. He understood the implications of his answer and was saying, I'm not going there yet. Something changed in the last two months. Was it that Brock Purdy had his surgery and it, it was good? And now they're like, you know what? Screw Trey Lance. We're good with Brock. It's like, whoa, what happened? You have a totally different story now. Remember what else Kyle Shanahan said? He said, we're content enough. We don't need a high-profile veteran quarterback. And then they ran out on the first day of the legal tampering period, and they signed Sam Darnold, who they can't sing the praises of enough. Kyle Shanahan at the league meetings. I've always liked Sam as an athlete. I've always liked him as a prospect. I like how he throws. Screw the 56 games of absolute crap that he's put on tape, right? We're going to ignore that. We're going to right. ignore the 90 interceptions and fumbles he's had in 56 games, and we're going to sign him anyway and give him first-team reps over Trey Lance because I like Because this. Trey Lance's four games weren't quite up to what the Niners were hoping for. Yeah. How does that make sense? In what universe? Do, maybe you know more than me, Grant. You're there. You're in the building. August 5th, 2021. Matt Mayoko said Trey Lance is the best rookie quarterback he's ever I felt seen. the same way. I felt the same way. He's only played, he's only started four games since then. What changed? What was, what did he do that was so terrible now that he's got to beat out Sam Darnold? Nothing. That's the whole thing. And that's why the Niners should be raked over the coals for this. There is nothing that you could point to in Trey Lance's body of work. That means he deserves this. He's not being demoted for his play. He started four games. 
And for a rookie quarterback at his age, he flashed more than enough to, to say that he could continue playing and has a promising career. They just gave up on him. And it seems like because he got injured, because he missed time. And now instead of prioritizing developing someone who could become special, the Niners have decided they all they need is a guy who's cheap they can win with right away. That is what they're looking for. And that's a whole different thing than looking for a great quarterback because the great quarterback takes time and patience and development. It's what, you know, I mean, Joe Montana wasn't great right away. Neither was Steve Young. But the Niners, they're looking for functional right away, which is, I mean, great. Uh, They found it with Brock Purdy, but let me know if that quarterback that they're looking for ever wins a Super Bowl. And that's the one thing that makes what they've done at quarterback makes sense. You know, it's like that joke when you're a kid, if you add the words in bed to the end of every fortune cookie, you, it makes sense for you, right? No matter what it says, mm-hmm. we wish you, you're going to have fame and good luck in bed. No matter what it says, <laughs> if you attach the words good enough to the uh-huh. 49ers quarterback decisions, it all makes sense, right? They didn't yeah. scout Patrick Mahomes because they were going to get Kirk Cousins and Kirk Cousins is good enough, good enough. right? Yeah. They stuck with Jimmy Garoppolo after 2017 and paid him all that money because he went 5-0 and and he was good enough. Not because he was like, oh, man, this guy is going to be an MVP player. No one thought that about Jimmy Garoppolo. It's just, hey, man, he's winning, and he doesn't require any development. He's good enough right now. After 2019, they make the Super Bowl. Jimmy stays healthy, right? Tom Brady wants to play for them. No thanks, Tom. We have Jimmy Garoppolo. He's good enough. Yeah. Then Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt in 2020. They freak out. They're like, we have to upgrade. What do we do? Let's go get Matt Stafford. They lose out on Matt Stafford. They did want him. They didn't get him. Then they traded up to number three, but they didn't trade up for a player. Remember? Mm-hmm. They traded mm-hmm. up for the spot because they figured mm-hmm. between Trey Lance and Justin Fields and Mac Jones, one of those guys is going to be good enough. Yeah. Every yeah. time you look at their quarterback decisions, that's all they wanted is good enough. Just attach those mm-hmm. words to it, and suddenly all it makes sense. They got Brock Purdy now. Sure, he's coming off career-saving surgery, but Brock showed in eight games that he's good, good enough. enough. They don't yeah. want superstars. No, they don't. And it's like Brock Purdy was a step up from Jimmy Garoppolo. Sure. Uh, is he going to be a great quarterback? I don't think so. I mean, I, if I had to bet today, I would say no. He's not a great quarterback. What's interesting is, so Kyle has now decided all he needs is a quarterback who's good enough, but not just that, cheap. So on a rookie deal, good enough they can win with. That's Brock Purdy. Not, not, a, not a project. Not a guy with upside. Forget upside. Forget it. Just a guy who's good enough on a rookie deal and cheap. That's not what Jed said. Jed said to win a Super Bowl, you need a quarterback who's at least very good, probably great. And I would love to give one of these three quarterbacks one of the massive extensions one day. He's lo- he wants the franchise quarterback because you can market that guy. You can profit off of that guy. Kyle over here wants to be the main guy on the marquee. So I think he's always going to be, you know what I'm saying? Like he's always going to be telling Kyle, Jed, oh yeah, man, that franchise quarterback's coming. But it's never coming. It's never coming. They won't even look at Trey Lance to see if he's a franchise right. quarterback. They, no, they, they're going to find a way to bring Kirk Cousins here in a year or two. That's my hot take. He's gonna, Kyle's going to make that happen. Week, Mike Florio said this week there was talk of that of the Cousins oh, yeah. trade to the Niners at the Combine. Cousins so, will be a free agent next year. Yep. I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't rule it out by any stretch. Yep. Uh, yep. Maxime, thanks for the super chat. There needs to be a congressional inquiry into how the Trey Lance selection went down. What did Kyle know and when did he know it? Um, 
just, Seriously, though, the whole thing feels unprofessional. You trade up for this guy. He's a person. He's 22. He's a kid. And you break him, emo- not break him physically and mentally and write him off after four games. It's just so unprofessional. There's nothing that Trey did wrong. It just nothing. doesn't. And then to say they soured on him, he has to compete with Sam Darnold to take snaps away from Trey Lance for Sam freaking Darnold. Sam freaking Darnold. Awful. He's not good. He's awful. Even if you want to say, oh, the six games, right? He played better at the end of the season. He only threw multiple touchdown passes in one of those games at Mm -hmm. the end of the season. Those six games that everybody holds up that are so great, right? He averaged 190 pass yards per game in those six games. He lost two of them, by the way. Here are the quarterbacks that he beat. Russell Wilson, the worst we've ever seen him. Geno Smith, Jared Goff, Andy Dalton. Wow. That's what you're holding up for Sam Darnold. That's the light at the end of the tunnel. But again, if you're all you're looking for is good enough, 190 yards and, you know, four and two, that's good enough for the Niners. But I just think it's funny that the Niners can sift through all the bad with Sam Darnold and like laser focus in on a few good things. Mm-hmm. But with Trey Lance, it's the opposite. It's like none of the good things he's done counted and these like four bad things uh, are just like damning for him. It's like, huh, seems a little inconsistent. I think I would probably trust my evaluation on the guy with 50 starts more than my evaluation evaluation on the guy with four starts. And I'd be a little bit more interested on what that guy can do than what this bum can do. But that's me. And here's the other thing I don't want to hear that doesn't hold up to any scrutiny whatsoever. Well, the 49ers have seen Trey Lance in practice. They know what he has. If they could judge a quarterback based on what they could see in practice, they never would have brought Jimmy back because they had Brock. They couldn't tell that Brock was any good until he actually got in and played. And you know what that is? Because football practice isn't football. You can't touch the quarterback. They wear a different colored jersey. You literally can't touch them. It's not football. Football is is a combat sport. It's a war game. Injuries happen every every game. It's different. And so they couldn't tell Brock was special. What they like about Brock was how he played in games, not how he played in practices. He's a gamer, or so they think. So Trey could be a gamer, too. It's just that he lacks experience. You don't know what he's going to be on his 20th start. We do know what Sam Donald's going to be in his 50th start. The same thing he was in the other 55, which is just awful. Like A head case. Seeing goes no confidence. Do we forget that? Like, I mean, come on. But Kyle like Brock like Purdy, him. Brock Purdy had confidence before he came to this team. That's what yeah. was so cool about him. He strutted around the field like he was freaking Peyton Manning. <laughs> Sam Darnold isn't that guy at all. And the Niners can think, well, you put him on a good team. It'll boost his confidence. Did that work with Trey? Did that work with Trey? Just putting a guy on this team doesn't necessarily boost his confidence because he's going to be the scapegoat every time for everything. I just can't imagine how Trey Lance is feeling right now. March 29th, he's busting his ass to try and come back and play. He's coming off a serious, serious ankle injury, and he's got to sit there and listen to his head coach at the meeting say, we love Trey. We think that we're still 100% confident that he's going to be what he wants. Feelings haven't changed at all. But yet, he's got to beat out Sam Darnold. He's got to split reps. We're taking reps away from him for Sam. Taking reps away. So think about it. So Brock Purdy is going to get zero reps this offseason, potentially. Trey Lance will get some first-team reps. Sam Darnold will get some first-team reps. The Niners won't have a quarterback who's fully prepared for the start of the season, which just means another slow start, most likely, and probably not the number one seed. 
but we can't start Trey Lance because we're in a Super Bowl window and we have to win now, even though we were right. three and four last year and three and five the year before that. But they can't sustain. They can't have it. We can't play Trey Lance because they can't. Yeah, God forbid that. Trey Lance has a slow start, but they can weather it with Jimmy. Right. Right. That's what I don't understand. This again, hold it up to any type of scrutiny and it just collapses on itself. And I, I just want a real explanation from them. Just tell us the truth. If you think that you thought that Trey was going to be ready to go when you drafted him and he wasn't, and you just don't have the patience for it, just tell me that. It might be dumb. I might disagree with it, but whatever. Well, I think it's pretty clear that coaches and teams and GMs think fans are stupid. Sorry. They do. I think they think that you, they will, you will buy whatever they sell. The, 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 the troubling thing is that the owner is supposed to be like the real tester. Like you can't lie to him. But it seems like Jed is just like a Niner fan. Like, hey, man, tell me everything's okay, John and Kyle. Tell me everything's okay. And they're like, everything's okay. He's like, thank you. Let's go to Cabo. <laughs> That's he organizes the Cabo trip. That's what Kyle said. Jed organizes it. That is such a bad look, by the way. I continue to say, when you have your, your click there down in Cabo, you're telling me those guys don't have extra influence in the locker room? Give me a break. Invite everyone. You're worth $5 billion. Invite everyone. He's over there bragging about like, oh, yeah, if it costs an extra million dollars to win a game, I'll pay it. Okay. Okay. Well, do that on, in Cabo. Because Brandon Ayuk didn't seem to get the invite. <laughs> Brandon Ayuk, who's out here tweeting that, you know, he's going to stand on business and he's a thousand yard receiver in the fourth option of a run first offense. And then we hear, oh, by the way, teams are going after Brandon Ayuk at the uh -huh. combine making offers. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure the 49ers weren't the only ones listening. I, I'm willing to bet you the 49ers were shopping Lance. They were shopping Elijah Mitchell. And I bet you they Ooh. were shopping Ayuk. Yeah. I mean, if they could get a first round pick for Lance or Ayuk, they might do it. Um, the thing with Ayuk is I feel like it's going to be a very contentious negotiation because Debo, Fred Warner, George Kittle, those guys were all coming off like all pro pro bowl seasons when it was time to negotiate. Yep. Ayuk isn't, and it's not his fault. Like they don't feature him to his point. But you know how they negotiate. When he sits down, Prague's going to be like, well, you want $20 million a year? You've never been a pro bowler. You know, so you had one 100-yard year last year. It's like, yeah, man, I don't call my own number. I'm on Ayuk's side on that one. And look at all the quarterbacks he's played with, too. True. Yep. Yeah, True. it's 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 a little dicey to me. And I think that they are – they just are too focused on this window that they think that they have. Right. And it's like if the you window look, is the quarterback. Yeah, that's the quarterback. Say, tell, tell the people what Joe Burrow said. Tell yeah. them. They asked Joe Burrow, you know, look, are you were a little worried? Your, your window's coming to the end here with this Bengals team. And he was like, the window's my whole career. Yeah. And when you have a, a guy, a stud, he's right. It is their whole career. When the 49ers had Steve Young, every year they were Super Bowl contenders because they had Steve Young. If you have a cornerstone quarterback, a, a cornerstone player on your offensive line, on your D-line, and maybe a go-to guy in the passing game, and you can draft well, dude, Super Bowl. Super Bowl! That's all the Chiefs do. Super Bowl. But that's not the Niners. The Niners build backwards. Let's get the yeah. kicker. Let's get the punter. <laughs> Let's get the long snapper. Let's get the best long snapper. We have the best long snapper. They like, do. yeah, you do, man. You really do. Good for you. Shout out, Taper Pepper. Uh, 2.0 watching on YouTube. Thank you very much. If you would bet on Trey being great over Brock at this point, you're delusional. Trey has been there two years and hasn't impressed anyone in the room. Time to accept that Trey just might not be good. He's in the room. In the I, room. On the practice field. I don't understand in the room. how people do not grasp this. 
He's started four games. He's finished three of those games. One of those games was in a monsoon. I'm not saying that I think Trey is guaranteed to be a stud. All I'm saying is there is literally no possible way for anyone. You, me, Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, Brock Purdy. Hell, Trey Lance doesn't even know. There's no way for any of us to know what he is because he just hasn't played enough. I think a lot of people like 2.0 here have stylistic preferences at quarterback. And they look at, at Trey Lance as the new style. A guy who has to run RPOs and zone reads to be successful. And I think a lot of people feel like, I don't want that. You can't win a Super Bowl that way. I, it's like, dude, have you noticed where the league is going the last five years? Like, I think a lot of people just want to like hold on to the past and have the offense look like 1998. And that's just, and that's why they're not into Trey Lance at all. It's like, man, okay, like that's not what they're doing in Philly. It's not what they're doing in Kansas City, but we'll see. I just don't know why do people care though? Like, why does if you win, the, does the style really matter? If you win throwing, you know, under well, they'll center. say they'll say a zone read quarterback has never won a Super Bowl. Well, Jalen Hurst just put up thirty five points in a Super Bowl. It's not exactly his fault. It's not like the offense wasn't working in the Super Bowl. Right. Like Colin Kaepernick put up thirty one in a Super Bowl. Like, I, I do think a also Nick Foles literally won the Super Bowl throwing RPOs. Literally and did that. Tom Brady threw for five hundred yards in that Super Bowl and lost. Yeah. So I mean, I I think you can win a Super Bowl with this style of, of play. Uh, oh man, I'm terrible with pronunciations. If you if you're familiar with this, Grant, help me out. Novin. Let's go with Novin. Let's go with Novin. Novin on YouTube. Thank you very much. I can't believe how this organization treated Trey Lance. Trey needs to prove he can stay healthy, which is what John Lynch said. Felt like 49er football. That was, I think, was that Kyle Juszczyk when Trey Lance got awful. hurt and Jimmy came in. McGlinchey not helping him up. I don't also Trent Williams. Yeah, I don't. They they there were other times where they didn't help guys up. Jimmy and Brock never needed to prove anything. Well, Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't stay healthy. They kept carting his ass out there. He got hurt in 2018. He got hurt in 2020. He was hurt in 2021. They put him out there when he couldn't even throw. So don't tell me that Trey needs to stay healthy when Jimmy's kept getting hurt and they kept putting him out there. And by the way. Brock got hurt twice in his eight games. It just feels like the test is one start. Do you win your first start with the 49ers? Trey didn't. He lost in Arizona to a team that was undefeated. Well, that's it. That's it. That was the test, and he failed the test. It's like like in the Matrix, right? The first test, you got to jump over the the building. Yep. And everyone fails it the first time. Like, that's what happens. But with the Niners, it's like, oh. failed it. You're right. Dude, Brock, Brock won his first start. Oh, he's our guy. Jimmy won his first start. Oh, man. It's such a good feeling. Oh, Trey lost his first start? See ya, dude. Sorry. That's so insane when you break it down like that. But that's how they do it. Who else won it? Colin Kaepernick won his first start against the Bears. Oh, yes, on he Monday did. Football. Remember that? Yes, he did. He kicked the hell yes, out of Yes, he him. did. And then I asked after that game, I said, hey, Jim Harbaugh, uh, who's your quarterback next week? And he said, I like to go with the hot hand, so it's going to be Colin. <laughs> and I was like, yes! I asked the question. Great. You're right. It's that, f- and then he lost. Trey lost his first start against the Bears in a in a rainstorm. The field was melting. You can go look on Twitter. It looks like a friggin' impressionist painting. It looks like a Monet when you see that the the numbers on the field were melting. The TV crew had to put the snow graphics True. on there. But think about the Niners' mentality. When they win, it's because of them. When they lose, it's the quarterback's fault. So if you lose Week One, I don't care that it was a monsoon. It's no one else's fault. It can't be the defense's fault because they're the best defense. It can't be Kyle's fault because he's the best coach. It can't be Trey Williams' fault because he's the best left tackle. It has. To, that's how it is, man. You lose your first start with the Niners, you're gone. Goodbye, Peyton Manning. You come here, you lose your first start. You're you're a bum. Bring back Jimmy. It's insane. And so now, 
when the league meetings, you've got John Lynch saying, we hope that, see, this is, John Lynch says, we hope Brock's going to be ready to go by training camp. The next day, Kyle Shanahan says he might not be back until week four. And the, the word from the 49ers beat writers is, oh, that's okay. That's just, they look at things differently. One guy's an optimist, one guy's a pessimist. How about these two dudes are wildly out of sync when it comes to expectations for the quarterback position? Wildly out of sync. And yet the message that we got from a lot of the 49ers press corps is everything's cool. It's all fine. I feel like Lynch is a little bit more desperate for Brock to work out. I mean, look at Lynch's resume. He traded for Jimmy Garoppolo. He thought that was the biggest grand slam of all time. He thought he fleeced Bill Belichick. Well, you didn't. So that was that was not a win for John Lynch. Then he traded for Trey Lance. That's one of the worst trade-ups in NFL draft history, as is right now, given that they've moved on from him, at least mentally. So what has he got on his resume at the quarterback position? Failure. He needs Brock to hit so he can say, I found a franchise quarterback. I don't think Kyle cares. Kyle isn't tied to quarterback. His resume is ironclad. He could say, I'll win with Sam. I'll win with Sam. I don't care. Or, or I'll win with someone different next year. I'll get Kirk Cousins next year. I think Kyle feels he's made. He's untouchable. And I think John feels that his resume is a little flimsy at the quarterback position. If he doesn't work this out with Brock, he might be back in the booth soon. That's what I'm thinking. Well, I think if anybody was going to pay the price with their job in San Francisco, Lynch is going to pay that price before Kyle. Kyle hired so. Lynch. So, right. I mean, literally, somebody, asked, I don't know if it was you, asked John Lynch, like, are you going to be the GM here? And he looked at me. Kyle and said, am I okay? And yeah, then that's sure. then he said, yeah, I want to be here. He literally looked over at Kyle. And it was like, ha it's a joke, but like, mm, there's truth to it. There's a lot of truth to it. Yeah, yeah. behind every joke, there's at least some mm -hmm. truth. So I, I don't know if that's what it is. I do think it's really, really frustrating that the 49ers just made this mistake. They were so sure Jimmy was the guy after five games. They paid him all that money, and then they ultimately mm -hmm. end up paying a king's ransom to try and move off of Jimmy Garoppolo. Yet Brock Purdy has played eight games, and they're going to do the same thing when he's coming off career-altering surgery. Let's talk. I want to change the, the, the conversation a minute. We've just talked about pretty much Trey for the last 22 minutes and how it's not really fair what they've done to Trey. Let's talk about Brock. I feel like they're putting Brock in a very, very tough situation here. Yes. And it reminds me of what, of what Kyle and his dad did with RG3. Okay. You got a very promising quarterback. Now RG3 was much more gifted than, than um, Brock Purdy, but still like instant success. RG3 was the freaking rookie of the year. And Brock Purdy might've been as well. Had he played the whole year gets hurt, serious injury. And then you rush him back and you're like, no, we need you. We need you. You're a starter. You're good. You're, he doesn't need, he's good. He's, he's good. And you freaking ruin him. So I'm a little worried for Brock, man. Like they're going to throw you out there as soon as you're ready with no prep, especially if Trey Lance loses a game or two. And uh, is that in your best interest long-term? Because if they throw you out there too early, you get hurt and they ruin you. Kyle won't care. He won't care. He will move on to the next quarterback. Quarterbacks are so replaceable. There's a ton of quarterbacks in the world who are good enough for him. And if you remember what Kyle said at the league meetings, he said, let's see if I can throw the quote up on screen. He said, we'll see in three months if Brock will be ready for camp. If Brock throws and he's a little sore, it might be week one. So if you're Brock Purdy and you throw and you're feeling a little twinge in your arm, suck it gonna, up. Are you going to run to Kyle and say, hey, my arm hurts? Put in Sam, put in Trey Lance, and hey, I may never get this job back. Or are you going to shut up, put some ice on it, and rush Rub back. it with dirt. You don't want to lose your job. See, that's what's going to happen. I feel like they're putting Brock in the situation like, hey, man, you're the leader in the clubhouse. 
But if you're not here week one, someone could pass you. So what are you going to do? Of course we know what Brock's going to do. He's going to get his ass on the field for week one. Is that the best thing for the team and for him? I don't think so. I don't think so. It's the same situation with RG3. Hey, man, you want to play? Of course I want to play. He's going to say, yes, I'm hurt, but I'm going to play through this. Save him from himself because it's it's not just about you or him. It's about the organization, the franchise. Like, Washington sucks, and they've sucked since the 80s. But they had that one year where they looked like they might have some hope with RG3 and a franchise quarterback, and now they're back to sucking again for the last 10 years. You get, There's a lot at stake with these quarterbacks. It's bigger than a couple people. And I would knock Brock, by the way, if he didn't tell Kyle Shanahan that his arm is hurting. Because he wants to keep his job. That's only natural. Um, but it's a lot of pressure on him. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. And we don't know what this kind of injury is. And I thought Stefania Bell from ESPN had a good line with Steph Sanchez on Steph's YouTube channel. She said, it's not about return to play with any injury, especially major injury. It's about return to performance. When Thank can you. you get back and be what you were before you went mm-hmm. out, if ever? It's not just can you play. Brock played with the UCL torn. He was in the game in the NFC Championship right. game. Right. When can he look the way he needs to look? And is he going to be able to say in week one, you know what? I'm almost there. I'm not quite there yet. Just give me a few weeks and I'll get there. Or is he going to say, I can't afford to not be in there because I might never get a shot again. Also with Brock, they don't know that he'll ever be able to return to the level of performance he showed last year. They Correct. don't know. But they they're acting like they are. They're acting like they do. Yeah, they are acting, which is amazing. It's like, again, you guys, your track record of, first of all, n- none of you guys are doctors and your track record of predicting anything in the future is so bad but you're feeling confident about this one. Okay. Good. Kaliki Carroll. And forgive me if I said your name wrong. I apologize. I want to see Trey in the Brock Purdy offense before decisions are made. Trey showed in the Texans game, he could roll out and read play action. Then he starts and is used as a fullback. Give Trey the same offense with Christian McCaffrey. I think a lot of 49er fans feel that way. When they drafted him, they said, look, I thought the reason they took him over Justin Fields was that Justin Fields a better athlete, but Justin Fields was in a spread offense. Trey Lance played under center in college. Trey Lance is going to sit for a year and learn to play the position the right way. Then when he plays, he's freaking Tim Tebow. Like, no, that's not what right. you said. If you wanted an athlete at quarterback, Justin Fields is much more athletic than Trey Lance. The whole thing with Trey Lance is as a traditional quarterback, he gives you mobility. He's a right. scrambler, but the Niners never use him that way. I don't get that. And he's like that one way, one time, and they freaking won. (laughs) (laughs) Trey's a a very good scrambler. He's not great at the design runs, but as a scrambler, he's very shifty and he can gain yards. It's it's almost kind of like Josh Allen. They don't do a ton of design runs for Josh Allen, but as a scrambler, wow, he's tough to stop. My egotistic aura says Brock Payday, no longer Trey Day, Ariva Derchi. All right. That's, again, we're awful. (laughs) Tupac died before Trey Lance was born and Brock. <laughs> Wait, I he has he no was... skin in this fight. Leave Tupac alone. I thought he was still alive. Uh, another one from Kaliki here. Both a big fan of both shows. Love this collab. Thanks for asking the hard questions, Grant. Yeah, you were asking Jed. You're asking John. You're asking Kyle. You were everywhere, man. It's my first time doing it. And it's funny, like, uh, I want to give Matt Mayoko credit too. He, me and him were like tag team in the, the quarterback question. But a lot of times these... A lot of times beat writers know what the coach doesn't want to be asked and they want to have a good relationship with the coach. So they just, you know, take the path of least resistance. And I'm not that kind of guy. Like, I'm not trying to be Kyle's friend. So 
I wanted that question. And I like when Kyle gets pissed at me because those are fun posts to put on YouTube. So well, he, to his credit, he was very professional. What is the value, though, of having access if you're not going to ask the questions? What None. No what? value. Like, are you just there to schmooze with someone? Like, that's not the job. And I remember I, I, I looked at your Twitter before the thing and you said, I want these questions answered. I, I asked him. I said, are, I asked, is, is trades, are Trey and Sam competing? Are they sharing reps? That was your question. And he said, yes. And everyone, that was news. Everyone went with that. But no, I asked the question because you told me to. Anyway, 8049ers says, oh, you ask these questions, they'll pull your credential. No, they won't. <laughs> no one is going to get their credential pulled for a question they ask. So it's just people like need to, you know, have some courage. Yeah, you can't go that hard, he said. Like, yeah, sorry I, I asked if a player was shopped. Oh, that's such a... Yes, you can. Like, such such an unrealistic, unreasonable question. Now, are they going to answer it? Who knows? But ask it. I hate when people just assume what the answers are going to be. Let yeah. them speak. <laughs> put them on the spot. Put them on the record. Exactly. Corey, and the Lux thing with Kyle is he often says too much. They all say too much, He often man. says too much. Yeah, that's true. Corey watching on YouTube says, well, now that he's QB2, QB3, uh, Trey Lance is probably going to run the Purdy offense, right? I wouldn't think it's going to be tailored to him. Anymore. That's an interesting point. I've thought of that as well. Now that he's no longer the guy, maybe the whole zone read stuff is out and he's allowed to like prove himself on the merits of a quarterback as opposed to a dual threat. Because he's gotten injured as a dual threat twice. I just think it's interesting that like once a guy gets in and starts to have a little success all of a sudden you hear all these good things about it remember when fred warner said trey lance was dicing people up in practice like okay so then wait a minute i thought the practice was that? the thing that held trey yeah. lance back because he was so bad in practice so is fred warner lying or yeah. like again when also also brock purdy breaks out and people start telling these stories about oh yeah man i saw it in practice he was so good oh yeah you didn't say that before though Right. That's he was third in the depth chart and no one was saying this and Jimmy was playing and no one was like, Hey, we need to see Brock. Like when Jimmy stepped out of the end zone in Denver and the yeah. Niners lost to a terrible team, no one on the team said, Hey, what about Brock? He was there in training camp. He's prepared. He's great. I didn't hear that. I heard we're back to 49 football. We love Jimmy. So I feel like a lot of these guys are just full of it when they, when they talk about their quarterback evaluations, no one knows. No one knows until they're in the game and we all see it for ourselves. Jimmy had an interception, a fumble, and a safety in that Broncos game. And then he did it again against the Chiefs. He had two of those games in one year. Uh, and yep, that's 49er football. People love him. I just also put know, up 14 points against Atlanta. 14. <laughs> I just want to know how these people are doing in training camp. How is it that I don't know? how Trey performed in training camp to begin this year. I don't know. Same thing with Brock. Some people said, oh, yeah, we saw it in training camp. And then Jason Aponte was there in training camp, and he said Brock looked awful in Yeah, Brett camp. Coleman said he saw it. It's like, yeah, again, you said that after Brock broke out. You didn't say that, and you, so you can't say it now. I didn't see it with Brock because, again, what, what makes Brock a gamer is his surprising level of confidence and calmness on the field and his mobility and ability to escape pressure. You don't see that in practice. He just looks like a little guy throwing short passes in practice. It's not impressive. But in a game, it's like, wow, how did he get away from that dude? Wow. Thousand praise freaking Houdini out there. Like that is impressive, but you don't see that in practice. And then with, with Trey, like his numbers were inconsistent, but the context was he's going against the number one defense. No one's open. He's got Brandon. I, you can ask about it. And some people crushed him for it. Some people gave him the context. I mean, it's, it's hard to judge it. It's practice.
What's the best throw you've ever seen Brock Purdy make? And can you even name one that jumps to mind? And I know I'm it's putting not, you on the It's not the throw. It's like the play. You know what I'm saying? Like the two plays. One where he extended the play to was what he, against the, the Cowboys in the playoffs. Did he roll left or he scrambled left? He found uh, uh, Kittle back on the right. He wasn't even in the he wasn't even in the pattern. Just that level of improv was impressive. And it was like one of the bigger plays in the game. Even though they only scored 19 points, that was nice. And then the one that Ayuk dropped in the back of the uh, corner of the end zone where he scrambled left, scrambled right, scrambled left, scrambled right. Like, that was cool. Those were the two plays. But it's like he's never going to make a throw from the pocket that you're like, oh, my God, that was a thing of beauty. I Like, I'm, I'm a tear just dropped from my eye because of that. Like, that's not who he is. It's not who he is. He's, yeah, he's a little Fran Tarkin out there scrambling around. It's fun to watch. He's Peter Pan. Even that incompletion to IU, the throw itself was a regular okay. type throw. The yeah. the play, the scrambling before that was amazing. Um, the the one throw I think of with Brock is one of his first throws against the Dolphins. Kittle actually brought this up because he it was the throw he against the Blitz. Yeah, sure. Yes. And yes. that was a great read and a great throw. Absolutely. Yeah. But other than that, I can't really think of one. I can think of the long touchdown he had to Ayuk where the ball was underthrown and almost intercepted against, I think it was Tampa Bay. I can think of that one. I can't think of like the stud throw. It's like, to me, I would feel so much better about the 49ers quarterback situation if they said, we're going to give Trey the year or at least first half of the year and Brock's going to be the number two when he's healthy. Like, holy hell. Then all of a sudden I feel really good about the 49ers quarterback yeah. situation. No, Brock doesn't. Brock's never going to make wow throws. He's never going to make wow throws. The, the best part of his game is his calmness, his vision, his ability to find open guys like late in the down and to create. And that's all good stuff. I like all that stuff. But is it enough? It's good enough for Kyle. Is it good enough for a Super Bowl victory? We don't know. With Trey, I mean, I can think of a wow throw right now in Chicago last year, first, first, second quarter, second quarter to Ray Ray. I, I, I in the press box, I was behind it and I thought. Don't throw that. Don't throw that. He's not open. And when the ball was in the air, I thought it was going to be picked. And he was like layered it between two guys. I was like, wow. Wow. What a con- I thought it was like, not was not just was it a great throw. It was a confident throw from a quarterback who hasn't played much and really has no experience to build confidence on. I was like, wow. I wouldn't have thrown that. And he did. I don't know that Brock would have. Or the throw to Ayuk. I can't remember who. Was it against Arizona on the left side? Ayuk's one-on-one on the left. And oh, Lance yeah. rips it ripped to it. the sideline. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't even know how it got in there. He ripped it. Yes. yes. I want the, all the stuff you just described about Brock is a perfect description of a backup quarterback to me. Yep. Yep. And all the stuff we're talking about with Trey is what you hope for a high end starter. Now, there's other stuff that goes along with that, to be fair. Right. I want to be fair and honest. But to me, I want my starter to be a guy that is at least capable of that stuff. David Hasselhoff watching on YouTube. David Hasselhoff. Huh? Okay. Uh, Trey had a few throws in four games that Brock could never make. Trey can make every throw Brock made in eight games with a lot of exclamation points. But again, Kyle traded up for CJ Beathard, who's never made a wow throw in his life. Like, I don't think this is something Kyle cares about, which is why we're in this situation. Robert Bentello on YouTube. Trey should get at least eight games to prove he belongs. That gives Brock extra time to heal and see what we have in Trey. We've been three and five before and been okay, which is kind of the point we made earlier. I almost wonder, Grant, if maybe can you like put Brock on the pup list to start the year? Because then you take all the pressure off of Brock because he can't come back. 
and you take some of the pressure off a of tray because Brock's he's not looking over your shoulder because he's on the pup list. And then you can say to him, Hey, you've got six games. Take it or leave it, you know? Yeah, Put but that would show. like express confidence in Trey. And the Niners, everything they're saying is uh <laughs> no confidence in Trey. Super desperate for Brock to come back. He's gonna play as soon as he's ready. So pup, I mean that would be six weeks, right? Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Weeks. I don't know if they're willing to do that. I feel like they're gonna say, Brock, get your ass out there. And so in, that, you know, so many words. That not only takes the pressure off of Brock to come back, it takes the pressure off of Trey because he's not going to have somebody looking over his shoulder, or at least not Brock looking over his shoulder. And it's a it's a get out of jail free card for Kyle Shanahan and the Niners, so to speak, because they could just be like, "Hey, Brock's ready to go. Trey hasn't been great. We're we're making the switch yep. now. I told you in March that Brock was the starting quarterback." Yep. Hey, I think it's a smart plan, and that's why I think the Niners won't do it. <laughs> I think it's great, though. A hell of a suggestion. If they're listening, they should do it. Listen, I'm full of good it, it, Me and you, as, as honorary quality control, spend so many hours of our lives trying to fix the Niners' preposterous situations. And sometimes we get solutions, but it's all for naught. That was First, a good one. It's an honor to be in the quality control. It's family. a way of life. Anyone can be quality control. You just have to want to do it. Not a lot of people do these days. Thankless job. Thankless job. <laughs> my egotistical aura says we don't have eight games to lose with Trey. No way. Why do you think you're going to lose eight games? Oh, and eight. Like, why? I think Jay, Lay- I think anyone playing with Christian McCaffrey and Kittle and Debo and Ayuk is going to look good. I think that's what we're seeing with Brock. Remember Jimmy played really well. As soon as McCaffrey came on the team. Yes, he did. The offense got a little bit better with Brock, but let's see what Trey looks like with McCaffrey. I'm thinking that's going to look good too. I mean, they could average five and a half yards per carry as a team. With Lance and McCaffrey running the zone read. I'm just saying. 2.0. Trey should enter into a long throw contest. If he doesn't have to throw with timing, accuracy, or touch, he would be elite. Again, there's so much hate for this guy. Not just like, hey, we haven't seen it with Trey. That's the weird part, is that the reaction from his own fans is not... We've seen enough. It's it, we've 2.0 has seen enough. But again, right. 2.0 is a much better... Um, he's just a more astute observer than anyone else. So most people need to see 25, 30 games from a quarterback. He needs four. And so to that, I just say, congratulations. It's impressive <laughs> that you're so good at watching football. But this is the weird part. I could understand if non 49er fans were like, Hey, right. Trey ain't it. These are his own fans that are yeah. sure that he, not just that he's not going to be elite, that he stinks, that he's bad. They know. but can't we blame that? The- <sighs> The organization set up this situation by always giving the fans two quarterbacks to choose from. It's Brock or Trey. Now it's now it's Trey or Sam. It's like w- with Philly, when they decided it wasn't Wentz anymore, you're gone, and we're going to eat the dead cap hit because you're gone, and we're and Jalen's a starter, and we're not bringing in a competition. We're bringing in a backup. That way, the, the the locker room has no choice but to get on board. The fan base has no choice but to get on board. The Niners have been giving their fans choices for years. So you're going to have people like 2.0 who feel the way they do. I mean, the Niners created this situation. That's a great point, by the way, because not just did the trade of the Carson Wentz thing, did they eat the cap hit? They ate the biggest cap hit in the history of the NFL to clear. And it was the, the right thing to do. Yes. It was the right thing to do. And the it was the right thing to do. Never cleared the deck for Trey Lance. Never. And remember last year, like we were talking about, you know, just having Jimmy Garoppolo Lurking over Trey's shoulder is not going to be good for Trey. And people are like, oh, what are you talking about? Uh, Jimmy, Joe Montana, Steve Young had to compete. It's like, hey, this is what we were talking about. 
This is exactly what we're talking about. And you eliminate so much. You eliminate yeah. any questions to any of the other players. Hey, what about this? Should this guy have been in? Should Brock have been in? Should Trey get in? Does Brock look healthy? You, you eliminate all that because there's no other option. But the 49ers are terrified to do that because they think they might lose games. One more. When the Chiefs went to Patrick Mahomes, did they say, you know what? We believe in Patrick Mahomes, but just in case, we're going to keep Alex Smith as the backup. No. You know why? Because it's stupid. It would have been stupid. <laughs> they got rid of Alex Smith and they went all in with Patrick Mahomes. And they can say, oh, well, they were sure with Patrick Mahomes. But again, you cannot no, you be never sure know. You never until know until they play. You never it's know. impossible. Tyler watching yeah. on YouTube. I don't know why Trey gets so much hate from his own fan base. Neither do I. Some people think that there's a racial component to that. I have no idea. I'm not. Just Is it possible that the Colin Kaepernick experience traumatized some people and some people when they squint hard enough kind of just see Colin Kaepernick and they're like, no, this I'm not doing this again. But what was so traumatizing about the Colin Kaepernick experience when they almost well, it, the became, it ended up? It, yeah, I know, right? Well, it, yeah, I know. I, I, it's a good question. Honestly, it was it was a, it was a more fruitful. He had a better era than Jimmy, but it ended up with a lot of losing and you know, political divided. Da, 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 da. So a lot of people remember that part. Um, but it's not like Trey has ever ever said a political thing in his life. All he does is try to say the right thing and be a good teammate and be a good coachable kid. And people are like, no, f- you <laughs> like, whoa, dude, yeah. what has he done? What I has don't he done? understand it. I really don't. And it's, yeah. it's just, I've never seen a quarterback treated like this before ever, especially by nah. his own team. It's weird. Again, Jamarcus Russell got 20 starts. Every bust ever got 20 <laughs> starts. Johnny Manziel, like you can't, it's so unprofessional to do this to a guy after four starts and an injury that you were complicit in. I'm not saying responsible. I'm going to use the verb complicit, complicit, second and eight up the middle. I give him a chance to play quarterback before you write him off. And now we're in a weird spot because now Brock has incentive to rush back. The 49ers have incentive to play Brock before he's ready. And they're splitting reps between Sam Darnold and Trey Lance, which, as you correctly pointed out, is not fair to either one of those guys and is going to lead them to be less prepared than they would have been had they received all the first-team reps. A quarterback competition in the 80s and 90s when you had two-a-days and stuff, like, there were reps for that. Like, now, these are, like, hour-and-a-half practices, man. This is different. I want full report. I am usually the guy in the preseason who says, Shut up. I don't care about what your preseason practice numbers were. Now I want every single no, one. No, no, no. Because Got we don't know. have any idea how they yeah. practiced last year. So I need all the information now. So 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 my my game that I play in the in training camp is going as close to the line without crossing it. Because you what you need to do is bring the fans to the practice through your words. And you have to describe as much as possible. But the 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 team doesn't want you to to talk about formations or personnel groups. So you have to find what the line is and come as freaking close to crossing it as possible because your allegiance is not to the Niners. It's to your readers. So you guys, what you got to do, you got to find that line. And the only way to find it might be to cross it one time and be like, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. I couldn't do that. <laughs> I didn't know. I couldn't do that. Oh, you're right. Forgot. Sorry. I would never work like that. What you just said is what that should be the mission statement for everybody <laughs> that writes about the team. Your job is to serve the audience. It's a service job. It is not to make sure the team is happy with what you say. And so I want to. And it's crazy because it it seems so obvious, but when you get in the industry, most people do what you just said. 
And I feel like what the owners' meetings was is a, it's a schmoozing time for media to go hang out with Kyle and be like, hey, Kyle, can I buy you a drink? Can we hang out? I really like you. Are we friends? Like, no, I'm not. No, absolutely not. I'm still going to be that guy asking you why you did what you did when you lost to the Broncos. Nothing going to change. Speaking of practices, by the way, just when you thought the 49ers were done with one James Garoppolo, we hear that now they're working on joint practices with the Las Vegas Raiders, which I cannot wait for. Fred Warner is going to eat once more, baby. Jimmy's going to be throwing those picks left and right, and Raider fans are going to be the ones sweating it out and saying it's not a big deal. Yeah. I'm kind of rooting for Jimmy Garoppolo to do well with the Raiders. I don't care about Jimmy, but if Jimmy plays well and stays healthy, that's not good for the 49ers. Not good, especially if he stays healthy. Forget about him playing well. Forget about him playing well. He's Jimmy. He's not going to, he's, we know how he's going to play. If he stays healthy, whoo, that opens up a can of worms for the 49ers, especially if their quarterbacks get hurt this year. So I'm, Interested in that, but the, I'm really glad that the joint practices are in Vegas because I like Vegas. It's a great, it's a great town for. I mean, I think people go there for gambling and like tricking. Yes, it's great for restaurants. It is a great restaurant town. Great food, so I like that. And it's close. It's like a, it's an hour flight as opposed to Minnesota last year. So thank you. That's going to be fascinating. I'm fascinated to hear how the 49ers press corps will cover Jimmy Garoppolo. For those practices now that he is not the quarterback of me too it's, it's, suddenly will, will the spreadsheet think that he's not good i wonder how does that work here's what i know i know that i heard that jimmy garoppolo was such a great leader for years and years and years and the then it, the matt barrels wrote a column in the athletic it said what are the raiders getting with jimmy garoppolo and in bold letters it said what is jimmy garoppolo not colon a leader and i almost bashed my head against the table so what, what about all that professionalism and the right? fact that all of his, yeah, yeah, that's so funny. Did you hear that, that line that Kyle had yesterday? Like, um, someone said, have you talked to Jimmy? Have you talked to Jimmy? He was like, no, no. The only way you talk to Jimmy is if you physically run into him. That was hilarious. But Good he line. didn't ghost the team, right? Oh no, he didn't ghost no. the team. We, we made no. Mike Silver made that up, right? Right, right. But I think what's important to remember is that the Niners deep down don't have a problem with the way Jimmy Garoppolo plays quarterback. They traded for him. Their problem with Jimmy was that. That was it. They want someone who's more committed 12 months of the year than Jimmy. That's it. Otherwise, the way he stands still and throws those 10-yard passes, they love that. They freaking love it. But it's understandable to commit to that, to commit to Jimmy before you knew that, right? Because they didn't right. know that after 2017. They signed him to right. a contract that offseason, and then he immediately began ghosting them. But then they stuck with him after 2019 when they did know that he was ghosting yeah. them. Why? That's on them. To bring it full that's circle? Because they thought he was good enough. Good enough? Yeah, that's on them. You found out what he was. And that's the thing. The Niners, I feel like early on, you know, early 2019, they were like he had that five uh, interception practice in training camp. And there, mm-hmm. Mike Silver reported that, you know, there's a short lease with Jimmy, actually. And they, they, they love the way Nick Mullins runs the offense. Like they were they saw it early like we did. But they never traded him, never traded him, never got a damn thing for Jimmy Garoppolo. And every year his trade value went down and they were like, well, we're going to hold on to him one more year to bring his trade value up. Like, no, you're not. He's just going to get hurt again. And everyone's just, it's, his value is going to sink because it's going to be cemented his uh, reputation. He's injury prone. And so the Niners now, like they're down on trade, right? Okay, we'll trade him. They won't. Oh, maybe maybe we'll inflate. Maybe we'll you know re- resuscitate his value. You won't 
because you're going to keep saying stuff that makes it sound like he's trash. <laughs> Other I than that, Tyler Caressly? Caressly. Uh, says, what do you think Niner fans are going to be talking about during training camp, seeing James Garoppolo going against the Niners? It depends, right? If it's Trey Lance, see, this is this is the situation, right? Trey's getting the reps. He has a bad practice. Jimmy has a good practice. And, oh, man, 49ers Twitter is going to explode. Here's the thing. I don't think the spreadsheet wants to be the bearer of bad news. So I don't think he's going to go there and be like, you know what? Jimmy's really good. Trey looks like crap. The Niners messed up. That's not really his MO. One guy on the beat who has no qualms of doing that, to his credit, Jack Hammer. Jack Hammer will do it. Jack Hammer will go to Vegas if he goes, and he doesn't care about being popular. He doesn't have an agenda. He is true to himself. Often I agree with Jack Hammer. We could be standing and watching the same freaking practice, and I'll disagree with him, but I got to give him credit. He's not playing to the crowd. He's not trying to say what's uh, popular. In fact, he will put himself out there and say the most unpopular thing. So I'm going to give Jack that credit. Well, good. What the hell are the rest of you people doing? I'm saying, Jack, Jack, because Jack was a reader of mine for like ten years. He finally got a press pass, and I, I, I uh, approve of how he covers practices. He is so true to himself. Yeah, but is his name really Jack Hammer? I don't know. Like the Hammer family when he was born. <laughs> I don't. Somebody I would think probably. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's maybe a better question for him. John, maybe his name is John, and he goes by Jack Hammer because. Jack Hammer is a pretty cool name. It's a great name. I don't know. That's a better question for him. I want to know. Fan, people need to know Jack in your air quotes. I want to know, damn it, is that really your first name? But whatever. <laughs> we like the coverage, so please do that. Be honest. That's all we want as fans. Be honest. Be honesty, honest. and we'll, yeah. we can decide for ourselves. Just tell us what happened. Don't keep it a secret. Because I think fans understand, too. Like, there's a lot going on at a practice, and not every beat writer is going to see it the same way. But as long as you are um, transparent, you do your best to to give, not just say what happened and summarize it, but to describe it. Fans will read every single practice report. They'll try to sift through and and find what's real. And as a subjective watcher, I understand that I don't catch everything. And that it's, if I were you, I'd be reading every practice report too. I do read every practice report. I want to know what Jack thought he saw. I want to know what David thought he saw. Cause I don't see everything. And a lot of times on the sideline, we, Hey, was that a completion? Did you see that? Like we try to compare notes sometimes so that readers aren't totally confused by wildly, uh, you know, separate reports, but do what you can. That's the other thing too, is that I don't think people understand. I mean, you can explain this if I'm off base, they don't exactly put you front and center to watch no. the practices. They put no. you kind of far away. And it's not just, okay, quarterbacks are throwing. No one else on the practice field is doing anything. So that's all you have to watch. Yeah. There's always different things going on at different places. So you could be watching Charvarius Ward. And guess what? Quarterbacks are throwing over here. Maybe you missed a throw that yeah. Jack Hammer or Jennifer Lee Chan or somebody saw. And it ends up being kind of a, an important play and they write it up. So it's there. It's not just one thing happening at one time at practice, right? No, I mean, early on, they'll have like one-on-ones and they'll have simultaneously wide receivers against corners, uh, linebackers and safeties against tight ends and running backs. Um, and it'll be like all over. It's like, like oh, what? Oh, oh, and then O-line against D-line. So you have three one-on-ones going at the same time. It's like, and then people say, so how did so-and-so do on one-on-ones? I don't know. I was only watching one of them. 
So that one's tough. And then during like 11 on 11s, you're not allowed to stand in the end zone. So you can't see the end zone view. You have to stand the sideline. You're not elevated. So you have like 53 players standing there. They're all 6'5", and you're like running around trying to get like little angles. To see. It's, and it's, sometimes, it's kind of hard to see football from like, it's, it's better to be perched up. You see it better. So it's kind of tough. Yeah, Grant is talking about how difficult it is. It is not easy, man. Clearly, it's not easy. I mean, you could watch it, but like the question is, you'll do a show afterwards and people are like, so what did so-and-so do? What did so-and-so do? Like there's 90 people on the field, man. Right. And I'm trying to get as much raw data in my notebook as possible. It's not easy. And some of those people you've never freaking seen before, by the yeah. way, because they're God yeah. knows who from God knows where. And it's going to be tough. Yeah, you get these questions. You'll be like, a trailer has completed a throw to, to Brandon Ayuk. Who's in coverage? Well, who was in coverage? I, that's a tough one. Like, you got to get as much in your notebook as you possibly Because it's a fair question. Who was in coverage? I either know or you don't. Was it zone? I don't know. Right. For every play. Yeah. yeah. Every big every play. Completion. Yeah. Who was covering? So, was it a yeah, good read? Was someone tough. else open? Yeah, it's hard. And it's going to get tougher because now there's only one cutdown day. So the rosters are going to be at 90 until after the third preseason game, which, by the way, that's going to be a Twitter day. My God, people are going to be getting cut left and right. GMs are going to be going nuts trying to, like, sign people, get people on the practice squad. Like, man. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. This is Hmm. is the business we've chosen. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Now we got a little bit of a dead period, though. We got a month to kill before the draft when the Niners have no pick until pick 99. (laughs) Until they trade Trey Lance and get... Uh, they could have the 29th pick in the draft this year, but they traded it for the opportunity to bury a kid after four starts, so... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That, yeah. That's just, that's just right. good process. That's all. That's really what it is. That's, that's really what it is. Trade away yeah. three first-round picks, draft a guy, do everything you can to keep him off the field, <laughs> then draft your real quarterback with the last pick in the draft in the seventh round. <laughs> See... People are too caught up in the results. Yeah, sure, Trey Lance hasn't worked out, but the process made sense, so it's okay. God, <laughs> how lucky are they? And if they hire, if they don't hire Brian Greasy, does anybody even pound the table for Brock Purdy to be taken with that last pick in the draft? Great question. Great freaking question. <laughs> well, it's never dull with the 49ers. Everybody, thank you for listening. Hold very on, much. we got we got we got two point left. We got to get two point oh. Oh. And okay, we gotta get bad. um we gotta get Charles Tribble. Those are the last two. I apologize. Two point oh flip not out. That we don't like Trey. It's that we don't think he's a good quarterback. Important difference. Purdy was an upgrade immediately and was embraced. Trey looked completely lost. It was brutal to watch. He looked completely lost. I mean, yeah, I just don't agree with that. I, I don't, don't agree, agree with that. that either, man. He didn't he didn't look completely lost. Uh I don't think he looked completely lost against Chicago. I thought he looked like Justin Fields, the first three quarters, and then the game got out of hand with the with the rain. Like, I like Justin Fields too. Maybe 2.0 thinks Justin Fields is trash, but Bears don't. Bears are building around him. They're giving him a real chance. They're not hedging their bets over in Chicago. So, I don't know. I, I, I still feel like 2.0 and people like him have a stylistic preference at quarterback. Maybe we all do. I don't know. Yeah, looked lost. Uh, what are you basing that on? How did you, when? you wanted him to look a certain... Yeah, right? Like When? Now, granted, the the interception that Lance threw at the end of that game was a bad interception, but that's part of the learning curve that all guys have to go through that the Niners don't seem willing to tolerate. Dude, Purdy threw some some inadvisable passes that got dropped, or the one I mean, his the interception Raiders percentage game. was kind of high. Yeah, that Ayuk luckily bailed him out on uh, Charles Tribble. Right, says, Didn't Fred Warner say Lance was shredding them up in practice when Jimmy was throwing him all the picks? Yes, he, he did. did. 
Unsolicited, Fred Warner said that, by the way. He just brought it up out of the blue. He did, which is wild. 2.0 has one last response, and we're out of here. No, and then Brent, Brent Jones is watching the, the, the show as well. Brent Jones, t- former tight end? Hey. Let's go 49ers. Uh, Trey deserves his chance. They competed against each other for the starting job. End of story. Settle it on the field. Half a season of Trey, half for Brock. May the best man win. They could do okay. that if they wanted to. Or they go back to that two-quarterback system they were flirting with in 2021. Whatever happened to that? Uh, the 2.0 says one offensive TD in two out of his three starts with that roster. Come on. Hey, Jimmy oh. Garoppolo put up how many points in Denver when he lost with the same team? Like, the offense took off when McCaffrey got here. It sucked. And then they had to trade, like, a whole draft for McCaffrey to bail him out. And he mm-hmm. did. And then Jimmy started playing well. And then Purdy came in. Like, I'd like to see Brock Purdy. Like, I'd like to see Trey Lance start a fifth game with Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle on the field before I make a definitive argument about what he is. <laughs> 2.0, though, has seen enough after four starts. Four starts. That's it. We've decided. He's astute. He's a very, he's a very astute, astute observer. Got to give him credit. Baker Mayfield set the rookie record for touchdown passes his first year with the Browns. Uh-huh. Well, so I guess he's awesome, right? Because he he's started, great. He started way more than four games, so he must be like success. Bona fide Pro Bowler, right? Oh, no? instant success, absolutely. Yeah, Josh I think that's Freeman how it works. had twenty six touchdowns and two interceptions one year. He he's like in the Hall of Fame now, right? He played a few years ago. Is that that's all? We Josh Freeman, see, right? Nick Bosa. I mean, Nick Nick Foles did that. Nick Foles did that. Josh Freeman did Josh it too. Bucks. It was something like twenty six no and two or twenty six and four. It was some ridiculous season like that. He had a really good year, and then guess what? Defenses adjust, teams change. Oh yeah, you're right. You. He really did. Twenty five and six. That's amazing. Yeah. He did. Wow. How did I remember? Wow. How did I forget that? Wow. Because amazing. Josh he was Freeman, terrible, and he stunk yeah. the rest of the time. That's why yeah. you forgot it. That's the point. It's true. We That's don't fair. know anything yet, and for the 49ers to act like they do, it's really, really weird. All right. Well, that was a hell of a show. I'm, I, I'm liking this simulcast. I think it's. Good. I think we're in the future. I think we're going to move this to earlier in the, in the morning because you're on the East Coast. So I think what I'm going to do is flip you and Jose to Jose at noon because he doesn't even wake up before 11 anyway. He's struggling to get up at 10. I'm just kidding. Sorry, Jose. But it's true. <laughs> All right. Well, that's good. Yeah. Hopefully we'll do it a little earlier. It's nice to have a little bit of a longer show. We could uh, get into some things here, get some yeah. of the comments going. Like Corey, the show is over. <laughs> Like and subscribe to both YouTube channels, the Gold Standard YouTube page, and also Grant Cohn's YouTube page. Corey says, can you imagine Please. Apple aboarding the iPhone after the first prototype? It doesn't work. Doesn't work. Trash. Trash. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll see. It's never dull. It's Kyle, Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan's in the, like, I can, I can tell you this is not going to work. I know. I've seen enough. 2.0 is in the back being like, yeah, man, I've, I've seen a lot of these situations. Not going to work. Don't bet on that David iPhone. Super Bowl commercial, right? Absolutely. Like, it's the same thing. Mm, that's not a good idea. I can tell about these things. Yep. Uh, have a good one, Grant. You too. See you guys.